1: Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts, Lost and Found. We are doing round 36. The year that we are exploring is 2002. This is a podcast with myself and my best friends from Needham High School. I'm here with Derek Brain, Rich Ayer, Bill Federco, Chris Nashawadi, and myself, Thomas Golovich. We all graduated high school way back when. We've been sharing music ever since. And tonight, we're gonna to share some songs with you, all from the year 2002. Welcome to the show. So let's talk a little bit about the year 2002. Before we get into the whole history of it, why don't we talk a little bit about what people were up to? Um, I was here in Southern California. I was here in Los Angeles. I was uh, doing a radio show at KCRW, listening to a lot of music. So a lot of my stuff is going to lean towards newish things at the time. I guess they're all new for everybody, but <laughs> they were <laughs> bands that were new, new to, you. to me, new to me, new <laughs> to me. How about you guys? Like Chris, where were you at in 2002?
2: I was in Brooklyn, New York. And I started dating the woman who had become my wife. Nice. And uh, I was working at Entertainment Weekly.
3: Nice, Billy. Yeah, it was weird. a good time. Me, let's see, 2002. I think I moved during that year into this house, the house I'm in now. Uh, our second child was born, and uh, yeah, I was listening to music, but uh, probably not as much as you. I wasn't working at a radio station. I was just slugging away at a law firm. But uh, good times and two mm-hmm. huge records, but I'm, I'll talk about later. But. All right. Rich, what about you? What were you doing in 2002?
4: I was distracted with a new baby in 2002, a new job. Moved from Seattle to San Diego. Wasn't listening to a whole lot of new music, which will probably become evident here in a few minutes. (laughs) It was a good year. It was a transitional year, watershed year for me. Derek, how about you? Chris and I met our wives around the
5: same time. Yeah, I was pretty serious with my now wife uh, Danielle at that point, and also, but still down in Fort Point Channel in Boston, in my wood shop with my giant Bose cannon, listening to lots of music all day. So I was the still Bose cannon. I was still uh. kicking kicking out the jams every day.
2: You were like a pig in shit.
5: Yeah, it was really, <laughs> pig, and, pig and sawdust is more like it, I guess.
1: Yeah. But well, let's look at the year. Uh, Chris, is this your week? I forgot who's doing no,
5: it. It's no, it's not. I do, do not I think it's rich. This year. Yeah, it's rich yeah, is right?
1: Which
2: uh, means high. we'll get a month by month breakdown.
4: No, I just tried to change it. <laughs> oh, let's see. I, I'm not doing okay. it chronological this time. No, I'm what? I'm, going, I'm going I'm mixing it up. I'm just All He right. needs to he needs to choose choose a a lens through which to uh to, Yeah,
5: to, this year
4: there there wasn't What's a whole the lot, lens? so I'm just picking some memorable nuggets from two thousand two because uh, we're back to the nuggets as a country, sort of still reeling from 9-11, I think. 2002, uh, I'm reeling from having a baby and a new job, but that's minor in comparison. We needed a distraction, and I think the first came from our, our Boston Globe. When they uncovered the uh, archdiocese of Boston were <laughs> uh, covering up. Keeping it of, positive. Uh, <laughs> kind of risk. <laughs> <Yes, laughs> there
3: we go. If You being, thought nine eleven was bad. Like what?
4: <laughs> ended up being a, maybe a draft screenplay for Oscar-winning movie a few years later, two thousand fifteen. Uh, Boston Spotlight, uh, the that's crack. That's crack investigative team. What else? Oh, uh, W. George W. Bush was president still at this point, and he did his "axis of evil" speech. He also choked on a pretzel, passed out, and fell off his couch. But he was oh, in, so close. He was so in the close. private residence of the uh, White House. So, unlike his dad, who vomited on the prime minister of Japan, I think he learned something maybe i don't know i'm trying to make connections this was the year that we uh discovered that michael jackson was the father that we all knew he was gonna be where he dangled his baby <laughs> off the balcony
3: <laughs> you said this was a good year is that what you started yeah, this was
4: fun i mean the baby's fine the baby's fine it's nicknamed blanket because remember he'd walk around with the blanket over the baby he wanted to hide it oh sure that's one um, does we still think uh, that he was the father of this real name. My, Prince Michael II, I think is the baby's How's he name. doing these days? I think he's okay. Goes by Biggie these days.
2: The fact that we don't know much about him, I would say. Yeah, that's a yeah, positive. That's a
5: success. That's probably a good sign, yeah.
4: Yeah. And then, of course, in uh, TLC news, which we like to update our fans. Is, uh, <laughs> TLC it, was a, news. it was a sad year. This was the year that Lisa left. died. Lopez uh-huh. passed away tragically in a car accident. That's right. Um, So we'll pour one out for her. In sports, Brazil won the World Cup again. Beat Germany 2-0. This was the uh, World Cup that was in Japan and South Korea. The team that many consider the uh, Brazil of American football, the New England Patriots, (laughs) won the Super Bowl in 2002.
3: (laughs) I like what you did there.
4: You like that? Uh, This was Brady's first Super Bowl, 2002. Beat the uh, St. Louis Rams 2017. Uh, U2 mm-hmm. performs the halftime show. Uh, let's see, moving on to movies. A Beautiful Mind won. It was released in 2001, but it won the, uh, the Best Picture Award in, in 2002. Chicago was released. That won Best Picture. It was released in 2002. Uh, Spider-Man, that first of the trilogy with Tobin McGuire, was released. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones.
3: Derek's going to watch that this weekend with Nico.
4: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> shout out to Burt Bacharach. Who oh, yes. passed away this week? Uh, right. Goldmember, the third of the Austin Powers trilogies, which he was a—he uh, didn't actually have a cameo in this, but he did contribute to the soundtrack for Goldmember.
3: Was it uh, what the world needs? What the it needs now? Yes, yeah. it
4: is love, sweet love.
3: Yeah. Amen. Bert's the best.
4: TV American Idol began its mm. uh, conquest of the airwaves on Fox on Wednesday nights in 2000. It's over now, right? I don't, I don't
3: know. I don't even
4: know. Don't, don't pay attention. I don't think it is. I think it's coming back again. So <laughs> have, <I> <laughs> no, Whatever it over. is,
5: its its evil legacy has <laughs> remained.
4: <laughs> I'm almost done. We get through the music, the hit singles were Nickelback, mm. Ashanti, Foolish, and uh, Nelly. Hot in here. Ugh. Oh yeah. That banger. Yeah. That's a killer. Yeah, that's good. Um, some of the the uh, best selling album from 2002 was Eminem's uh, The Eminem Shop. Is that what it's called?
3: Shop. Was it? I don't
4: know. Or oh, the Eminem Show. Sorry.
2: Show. Not yeah, that. the shop didn't sound right. Eminem <laughs> Shop. Ye old Eminem Shoppy.
4: <laughs> yeah, I Two B's t- and an E. My yeah. staff's handwriting was a little sloppy. <laughs> Creed. Another popular album of 2002 was Creed's Weathered, came out. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's 12th album came out in 2002. The Rising. Is that the
6: Rising?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Dixie Chicks Home. Pre Chicks. That that's their sixth, yeah. Pre Chicks sixth album. Uh, oh, brother, Where out though. Thou soundtrack was quite popular, and then some of the stuff that we would probably have been listening to. Foo Fighters had an album. Uh, Wilco, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Huge record.
5: Uh, record uh, that
4: yeah. uh, Coldplay album, Rush of Blood, came out. Yep. And uh, there was a Spoon album, the Sleater Kinney album, and White album.
3: there'
4: an There's Interpol. There's Interpol. Bright album, lights. And that's. Wraps up my review. Did I miss anything that I should have mentioned?
3: I
2: mean, Michael Jackson dangling the baby is
4: pretty,
2: <laughs> pretty <laughs> essential. I think
3: once you covered that, you pretty much kept I the really year. <laughs> I could have quit there. It didn't quit yeah. it.
1: Dangling baby legs captures the year. So, uh, Billy, why don't you uh, open us up tonight? Do you have a sense of how you want uh, to start the
3: show? Sure, I'll start it off. Um, as Rich was saying, uh, Wilco, that record was huge for me. And I actually just listened to the Deluxe Edition, which came out. I want to say in the last couple of weeks, it's been 20 years. That record, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, is just amazing. Uh, it really does hold up. And the fact that who was it? Uh, Time Warner had the record, and then told them like, "We can't put this out. This thing, this thing doesn't have a single hit on it." Whatever. And Then they went back, and who they sell to? A prize? such, I think. Oh, none such. Right. I'm sorry. And none such is part of Time Warner, right? <laughs> so. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Strange story, Uh, but the album obviously turned out to be just a gigantic record for them and really uh, changed their trajectory. I mean, they were an alt-country band, and then they became something entirely different. So uh, I'd love to play something from that, but I'll go with the other record, I think, which was the seminal record of 2002, uh, Interpol's Turn On The Bright Lights.
5: Wait, Uh, what? You're not playing a Wilco
3: song? Nope. Well, uh, <laughs> just, what this is like some Wilco preamble.
2: What's going on? Two. I thought we ironed out that whole thing. Where you like, talk about a record and then like pivot to another record and so you cover two records with one swoop. two. That, a twofer. I haven't done it in I haven't done it in weeks. That's a season one boner.
1: Yeah, that's a
3: season one <laughs> season one bait and switch. <laughs>
1: You you won't be you won't be leading off for a while, Billy. So just enjoy this.
3: <laughs> okay, all right. This will be my first and last time. Uh, season two. <laughs> so I'm going to go with a bonus cut from uh, "Turn on the Bright Lights." It's called "The Specialist." Interpol is sort of the I don't know has sort of the DNA, obviously, of uh, Joy Division. The Chameleons one of our favorites. I found out in researching this show. the album was almost called something entirely different if carlos d had gotten his way it would have been called celebrated baselines of the future uh that obviously did not i am i'm generally happy that
1: carlos d didn't get his way (laughs) with that band
3: probably a good thing he got overruled on that one yeah yeah uh well he he and paul banks didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things but carlos d's bass work is amazing and he also wore a great holster remember he wore that shoulder holster he he really
1: brought the third right fashion (laughs) um
3: he now now makes new age music by the way totally totally
1: not shocking somehow i'm waiting Uh, for
3: bill to start talking about a third band (laughs) so (laughs) i I won't be playing Interpol. no i am i'm going to play Interpol's the specialist just like a great baseline as you'd expect from carlos d daniel kessler's guitars Amazing and Paul Banks' lyrics are cryptic as hell. I have no idea what he's talking about. You know, you make me lose my buttons. Oh yeah, you make me want to spit. He loves the way she puts him in the big house. I have no idea what he's singing about, but the way he delivers it is amazing, and just the mood and the way the songs build, similar to I think Chameleons, like as they go on, like in the second, third minute they start morphing into something different, and and they're just amazing songs. So this is the Specialist. It's Interpol, not Wilco. Tommy, kick it.
1: The year is 2002. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found.
7: You make me lose my
8: buttons. Oh, yeah, you make me spit. I don't like my clothes anymore. We're spending time and money. Yeah, you're colder than yourself. Now we're moving. Now we're taking control.
1: released a whole bunch of sort of B-sides, right, to this record? Because I remember seeing yeah, a few Song, song 7
3: is another big one. I, I'm glad you cut out Warren, you so did. Because they, they just, he was just doing that great little bass line. So you got, we got that part, which is just awesome, in my opinion.
5: But this is what, an EP that came out in the same year with a bunch of other things? Is that what it yeah,
3: was Yeah, so was this, this was a bonus track to the record. They had done, I think, a couple EPs before Turn On The Bright Lights came out, including PDA. Uh, which was ultimately a hit, uh, an alternative hit for them. Although I heard Paul Banks didn't even want it on the record. But uh, he got overridden by the guy from Matador because they got signed by Matador. And, uh, you know, at the time they were, you know, part of the New York scene. But uh, unique. you coming from NYU and they, you know, wore suits, which set them apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little things I, went, like that.
5: I went and saw them like this year, like in, you know, whatever, 2002, in the summer. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been, could it have been the year before? I don't know. It was, it was...
2: 1999 on June 20th at TT the Bears. I was with you and Jay.
5: What? At TT's? Yes. Three years before bad. the record? At the Middle East, you mean? At the Middle East, sorry. The Middle East. And it was so goddamn hot that we didn't so make it through the whole show. It was in
2: June, yeah. It was really hot. Wait,
5: you, heard, you, you just came, heard you about went the to bar? that? Yes. yes. Wow. I found that wow. ticket stub recently. I totally forgot. Wow. Per- it was that? Before, my, was that far before? Mind blown. Oh my goodness. Okay. I thought it was like not oh, I thought it was, you know, around the time this album oh, came Chris out. Oh, Chris knew these okay. guys
3: years before they debuted. No,
5: oh. no. I, I feel like, you know, some friends was like, "Oh, you know, we should go check this out."
2: It I might have should. been 2002, come to think of it. I know it was my birthday, June oh, okay. 20th, and I know I went with you and Jay. I might be wrong on the year. Okay.
1: But so mm-hmm. listeners can prepare to send gifts on June twentieth. <laughs> <laughs> really,
3: I tried to be subtle about it. but uh, <laughs> That's the takeaway. I saw them at cool. House of Blues. Just they were great. By the way. Yeah.
5: Yeah, they were really good. For me, they never really captured, recaptured this, the this era of turn on the bright lights and you know, I mean, I like some stuff off Antics, but that just had this certain quality to it that was just kind of exciting and you know, again, derivative of things that I loved in a good way and uh you know that song it was a really exciting record
1: when it came out <laughs> well chris you're up next what would you like to share with us the year 2002
2: i'm gonna play a song by uh division of laura lee a band from the uh at sweden the time the scandinavia seemed to be churning out garage rock bands uh by by the handful the hives, um, like the hives and um the Ravenettes and whatnot. And um, Division of Laura Lee is probably my favorite one. They put out this album called Black City in 2002, which is great, wall-to-wall. They sound like the Stooges quite a bit. And I'm going to play a song. It's actually the first track on the album. It's called Need to Get Some. And I actually thought about playing it for our album openers, but it was a little further down on the list than the ones I played. So anyway, hit it, Don.
1: Deep cuts lost and found. It is 2002. Fun, man. So fun. I love this little window of Swedish rock because it had all of the fun of, like, indie, cool indie rock, but it also had a polish to it. They were so well-produced records, like, they, and they just, they feel alive and improvisational, but they also have, like, this sense of, like, craftsmanship. They're
5: Why was there great. such a revival are all rock. But they're, Yeah, but they're also having so much fun. Like, they just make you want to, like, you know, do a silly, like, you know, dance, like, you know... <laughs> And do claps at well, a certain time, you know. They just really—it's fun that this stuff and like the hives and all that.
2: I have a feeling, like probably like five years before this this wave happened,
5: yeah. Someone
2: just like must have delivered by mistake like five million Mitch Ryder records to school.
1: <laughs> totally, and like and you know, Brian Jonestown Massacre—it like, blew
2: everyone's minds, and they <laughs> had to start these bands. I mean, like. Do you remember like Sahara Hot Night, like all these bands? Yeah. It felt like every week yeah. there was a new like Scandinavian like rock band, and they were right. good. They were so good. And that, wind, that window lasted for like three or four years, and they were just really like I think we did the soundtrack of our lives. Uh, yeah,
5: yeah same
1: kind of thing. It's just yeah.
2: like
5: where it's just
3: where really are the vines from?
5: Records.
1: Vines, the hives, the no, vines, vines. Vines I think are English, but the hives are Swedish. Yeah. I'm not sure where the, I'm, sure, I'm not sure where the vines are from. Actually, it's a good question.
4: There's definitely a return of the definite article in bands. The, yeah, it the, was a lot of yeah. the, those.
5: The know. hives, yeah. the
4: strokes, the kills, yeah. the libertines, yeah. the, There's Lots. Yeah, but anyhow. The vines,
3: vines w- are Australian.
1: Australian, okay. Oh, thank you, thank you. I knew that felt wrong. Well,
3: these Swedish bands actually remind me of Australian bands, kind of with their, their rock attitudes. They, you can see that. They don't strike me as Swedish for some reason. I don't know. I have a preconception. They got a hoodoo so guru kind of, of a thing like, going on. Yeah.
1: Well, i got the next spot. I was, you know, kind of, again, dipping into a lot of hip-hop. And there was an area of hip-hop I found really exciting, which was instrumental hip-hop records. And there was a few that really struck me. Uh, Again, we talked about DJ Shadow before as being sort of like an assembly. And I played the Avalanches in a previous show. But an artist that came out in 2002 that really struck me when I first listened to this record was RJD2 and uh, the album Dead Ringer, which is essentially an instrumental sample-based record It was put together by uh, an interesting guy who was coming out of Columbus, Ohio. His name is uh, Ramble John Crone. And uh, he went by RJD2. Clearly, he was a Star Wars fan. He was signed to LP's label, LP of Run the Jewels these days. Uh, The album was called, sorry, the label is called Definitive Jux. And it was just like one of those things that popped up. And as soon as I put it on, I was kind of fascinated by it. I'm going to play you a song from his album called Ghost Rider. I hope that you guys dig it. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, and this is Ghost Rider. Love how many samples are in there and how tastefully they're dropped in and the different vocal samples like they don't really credit the samples so it sounds to me like there's an elliot smith sounding vocal that's in there i don't know if it is or not oh,
6: hmm.
1: you know they have a big sample from paul desmond a taste of honey which is a 65 uh, jazz album but just filled with all sorts of interesting sounds all kind of assembled and I love this because it was great to write with. Like I could get a lot of writing done with this stuff. I just have it on and it would just groove along. I remember DJ Crush was another artist that would playing a lot of kind of instrumental hip hop from him. And I don't know, it's just a record that really stuck out to me. RJ, yeah, YouTube. I like
3: it. I'm not real familiar with it, but I like it. The brass
5: part—you should have should have played this one during the Brassy Show. Like that—that yeah. that particular section was really good. Boing, 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 boing. So brought boing. up those horns, it was real good.
3: Any song with horns sells Derek though oh, yeah that's <laughs> yeah you know, there he's easy that way
1: <laughs> he is easy that way well Derek you're actually up next so where would you like to take us uh 2002 is the year
5: I guess maybe what was you know happening in that year is this it's a recite it's one of these sort of recycling years where you know you have Interpol you know recycling your joy division you have you know division of Lorley recycling sort of garage rock. And this particular band is recycling The Clash. Uh, It's the band called The Libertines, their album Up the Bracket. I don't know. I remember really enjoying this record when it came out. You know, it just had this sort of like, you know, sneer to it that was kind of exciting. Pete Doherty, obviously, you know, got himself into all sorts of trouble and kind of became, you know, an insufferable uh, personality (laughs) over the years. But, you know, at this point, you know, he was... Still kind of an exciting performer. Yes, this is like a great Clash song that that was never written. This is literally blessed by the Clash. Mick Jones produced this record. I guess it it might as well sound like it. But it's just got that great, I don't know, just the lyrics of it. This sort of like Wombles bleed, truncheons and shields. You know, just this sort of these Britishisms that that just sound so great uh, in the context of the song. What was that? Uh, and I guess the Wombles were this Wombles. sort of, uh, anarchist um, group. The song is all about how uh, Pete Doherty and other people got uh, beat up by the cops uh, during a, a May Day uh, riots of uh, 2000, sort of anti-capitalist May Day, May Day riots, and uh, you know, a bunch of him and other people got uh, beat up by by the British cops. But uh, yeah, it's from their record up the up the bracket. It is the Libertines, and the song is Time for Heroes. Keep cuts.
9: Did you see the stylish kids in the riot? Shuffled up like monks at the night on fire. won't bleed, trunches and shields. You know I cherish you, my love. But the room has spread nasty disease around town. You're caught on the houses with your trousers down. A rush, and in the bush. You know, I cherish you, my love Oh, I cherish you, my love Tell me, what can you want Now You've got it all, I've seen is obscene Time will strip it away, a year and a day I'll build bones, build bones knows while what I really know It's eating, She's chewing me up It's not right for young lungs To be coughing up blood And it's all, it's all in my hand it's all up the walls All so the stale chips are up And the hope stakes are down as all these ignorant faces That bring this town down And the side and group with pride but well, I pass myself down on my knees Yes I pass myself down on my knees Now tell me what can you want Now you've got it all All oh, the seeds of seeds I must strip it away A year and a day Build bones, build bones. Knows what I mean. obscure fewer, more distressing sights than that of an Englishman in a baseball cap and who'll die in the class we were born. Well, that's a class of our own, my love. A class of our own.
3: How fun. Nice. (laughs) Keeping it rocking.
1: What a great experience that must have been for uh, for Mick Jones, right, to hear a band that has so much charisma as these guys do and to get a chance to kind of explore his sensibilities in, in in a new rock band. That must have been very, very fun for him, I would think.
2: He was such a beautiful wreck at that period, too. I mean, like, it was, he, there's something Doherty, very right. magnetic, yeah, Pete Doherty. Something very magnetic about him in a Sid Vicious sort of way, Sid Vicious with talent sort of way. <laughs> Ooh. He just seemed to always have, like, these giant scabs from, you know, some <laughs> bar fight or something on his knuckles and, you know, never didn't have a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. And it, it just, uh, he was... uh
5: Charismatic. Yeah, he, was mess. A, he was a beautiful mess at this point. And uh at a certain point it got less beautiful. And yeah, uh his whatever he was outputting wasn't worth the mess. Yeah. Uh, but this it, was it, still, it, while it, still while it still was worth it. Yeah,
2: no, it was a good record. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. I also like that yeah. call Barat seemed to be like his, you know, his maybe more talented, you know, compatriot who just sort of both loved Pete's craziness and tolerated it to a certain degree, but it just seems like one of those weird little marriages of like two buddies trying to make music where one of them is really making it difficult, you know, but it's right. Or
5: just, you know, part of what makes the music so great is the, their relationship and the tensions within that relationship. You know, one of these kind of great duo bands, they crashed and burned
4: <laughs> similar to us uh, on that note.
1: Rich,
4: <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> you're up next. You got a crash and burn. I got sucked into the libertines for a little while there, but the Wombles uh, was a kid's TV show. It was like probably the first TV show I remember watching and,
5: Oh really? But I uh, thought it was also a, a protest group too. I think too, that's though. the Wobblies.
4: It's a it's a band as well. But the TV show, the Wombles, yeah, they were like these weird underground creatures that recycled human mm. garbage or something. But, um, <laughs> okay. Well, I hope
5: yeah, they weren't anyway. beating up the Wombles. But if the Wombles were bleeding, then I don't know what was going on during those protests. <laughs>
3: They were going underground beating up these
4: cartoon characters. Netflix would probably start replaying some of these Net, uh, Wombles TV shows, I think.
3: Wombles? All right. I'm going to look that up in the break. I'm going to
4: <laughs> go a long way from England. I went to Omaha, Nebraska. I'm going to pick uh, Bright Eyes hmm. song. Uh, this is Brainchild of Connor Oberst. The album that came out in 2002 is called Lifted or The Story Is in the Soil. Um, it had two titles, I think fourth album I didn't really listen to him in 2002 I picked up on him in about 2005 they did a he did a protest song against Bush and the war in the Middle East um, called uh, when the president talks to god I don't know if you guys heard that one but that was a that's what was my first introduction and this this yeah, guy Yeah I remember that very, one that was great very creative writer the album lifted had is so many songs you could dive in sink your teeth into there's lots of different kind of genres and, and topics that he goes on about. I couldn't pick a song from that album, so taking a page out of Billy's notebook, I'm going to pick a song from an EP that they did that year.
3: <laughs> well, well done. I thought you were going to choose a different band. I was going to say, no. at least it's not <laughs> the same band. <laughs> I'm staying
4: with Bright Eyes, but it was a collaboration with Britt Daniels from Spoon. Uh, this, uh, what was they called? Post Parlow Records did this home series called, and this this one that came out in, 2002 is called Home uh, Volume 4, and it's just Bright Eyes and Brit Daniels. They did four songs, two, eight, two apiece. They wrote two each, performed on all four, and uh, this song is called Spent on Rainy Days. This is Bright Eyes with Brit Daniels. <laughs> Deep Cuts Lost and Found. I
0: wish I saved up for rainy days, cause they're the hardest to be dry. I got no self-control i'm always begging into telephones and then I, I bought a little from my brother's friend yeah well just to get me by i don't trust his car the effects never as high as the markup i think i'll print it in the personals so that i'm looking for a match someone to light me up someone to burn the proof of the things that i've done These day hours i skip like a stone i just With the little things I mean, I never held a door. But I still loved you more than anyone since I've before. You're always saying that I owe you one. Well, let's consolidate this debt. Get on a payment plan. I'll pay you compliments. You can don't treat me bad. But now it's now it's easy, getting easier. To leave you and this town behind. I'm doing some traveling. Once I'm gone, tell all our friends you got even. I'm held like an object, and then set aside on oh. I'm back on the shelf, I'm locked in the drawer I'm linked in the box, but you'd still You'd sell me for cost, would you?
4: think that was literally recorded in a garage it certainly sounds like it
5: (laughs) i like him i mean he was such like he was like a little prodigy you know like he was like 22 years old or something like in this year and you know in 2002 and you know he was like what Omaha? is that where he was from
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and you know he just kind of you know kind of came out of nowhere really made this big impression all of a sudden and i don't know I, i really i really liked him at this in this time In the next couple of years, he put out some really great music that I really liked. And thank you for reminding me of that protest song. And, you know, I do remember this year, Danielle and I were out in the streets of Boston, the anti-Iraq war protests. That was kind of a big part of that year now that I remember it.
1: Well, we're at the top of the deck. So, Billy, uh, you get to do your second pick for the year 2002. Okay.
3: All right. Well... You've been playing a lot of songs that have sort of a garage rock feel, and this is sort of in that vein, although I think it was actually recorded in a basement as opposed to a garage, but close (laughs) enough. It's Grandpa Boy, which is uh, Paul Westerberg's alter ego. So he put out a couple solo records after the replacements and then kind of disappeared and then reappeared in 2002 and released actually two records. One was called Stereo, under the name Paul Westerberg, The other one was called Mono, and I think Mono's the better of the two, and that was under this alter ego, Grandpa Boy. Both recorded in his basement, as far as I can tell, and uh, sort of lo-fi, but have some really good stuff on it. And the song I'm choosing is called Let's Not Belong Together, sort of an outcast anthem. Uh, He doesn't fit in, but uh, on the other hand, you know, he wouldn't mind having some companionship. He doesn't care, but yet he does care. And some really classic Westerberg lyrics on this, you know, Yours is tense, mine is dull. You take offense, I take a full minute just to notice. We don't belong to different worlds, there's nothing wrong with us whatsoever. Let's belong together." Just great stuff, very uh, Keith Richards, sort of loose rockabilly style, Uh, it's called Let's Not Belong Together, it's Grandpa Boy.
8: Mine is tense, mine is dull
1: I got a little bit of a hot take. I feel like Paul Westerberg wrote three songs and 80 different variations of those three songs. All three are songs here. are fantastic, but I don't think there's a lot of range in it. Am I completely off base here?
5: here. I don't know. Maybe, but
1: I love every single
5: of those three I love songs. All three. And I will listen to them over and over again. So I guess. You know, If that's a reductive uh, criticism, I really couldn't give a shit because I love those
1: three songs. <laughs> that's fair I enough. Like
2: I, like the, fair I enough. like the take and I like the reaction.
3: <laughs> I couldn't put it any better. I don't think I should say anything.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right, well, Chris, you get to do the next spot. Your second pick for the year 2002. Okay.
2: I'm happy to do it because uh, the song I'm about to play is by uh, a band that I can honestly say is – my favorite name for a band and in, in all of all time. Oh, And the Whoa. band is, and you will know us by the trail of dead.
9: That
5: is pretty good. That it's pretty fucking good.
2: great. It's like a line out of a West, like a bloody Western or like Conan the barbarian.
3: You got to live up time. to it though. That's a lot to live up to. It
2: is. And you can be the judge of whether or not uh, they do. <laughs> so they're from Austin, Texas, and this is their third album source tags and codes. Uh, which is a great record I really like it a lot yeah the the song is called another morning Stoner let's uh let's hit it.
1: cool messy wonderful blast of hot rock and roll air that is that's just delicious
5: i <laughs> uh, love this band i obviously love this pick yeah these guys are right up my alley i love this this uh, i almost picked a song from this record too. this and uh, what world's world's end i think they came out in yep. 2005 um you know listen to of both those records a lot. never heard these guys they
4: sound very familiar
2: when i picked this i was sort of like uh, you know Derek i had, a, I had an, like... an image in my head of me shaking derek's hand and saying i hope i can count on your support oh uh,
5: yeah <laughs> i think you might be able to yeah uh-huh. probably can't
3: yeah like like that didn't actually happen come on <laughs> collusion
1: I'm super torn because I'm kind of hopping between uh, a very mellow rock tune that I really like from a record that came out and uh, a hip hop Mm -hmm. tune. So I'll kind of throw out to you guys. Would you rather go in the hip hop direction or more in the rock direction?
5: I could tell you what to do. Do what you
3: want to do, man.
2: Yeah. Let your freak flag fly.
3: Yeah. I mean, Derek's not voting for Chris. Chris is voting for Derek. So, I mean, you're only appealing to me and Rich. So just ask me and Rich. I don't care care about the vote. vote. I don't really care about the vote.
1: vote.
3: Do what your gut tells you.
1: My gut tells me to play the band Gomez. Gomez is great. Do nice. it. Nice. Nice. So the band Gomez, they're out of England. I wish they're from Merseyside, which is not like a cool part of England. I just wow. get the impression Swagging that they're from the,
3: Merseyside. I'm
1: sorry, but it's <laughs> you know, I think they would agree. There is just like people don't talk about Gomez. Like to me they were always a really interesting band, but I find very infrequently do I see them on like lists except for like UK like Mojo magazine will put them on their top album list, but almost nobody else Did- does. Yeah, go ahead. Didn't, gonna... they,
2: didn't they win the Mercury Prize that uh, the year I their am. first record
1: came out? I think, I think they did probably win the Mercury Prize. They've so been on my right.
5: short list a couple of times in the last couple of years. I'm all in. I okay. like
2: the dude's voice a lot.
1: Yeah, and I always find myself really in, engaged in their music. It's Ian Ball, Ollie Peacock, who are lifelong friends, and they brought a few friends of theirs together to put this record out. I think it's really special. They got their name from a sign that they left for a friend to find them at a club, and they said, Gomez in here, and it was basically trying to send Gomez to where they were, and then someone said, that's a great name for a band, so they became Gomez, and that is what we're listening to now. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, the year is 2002. Enjoy. Enjoy.
8: Punch and then smash up the decks It's your party, we're all obliged So we sit in our gun And we wait for our turn Think you heard hurting, there's blood on the floor So we sit in our gun Can I ask what's your run?
6: How far is it? we all to blame. We hide
8: away. Let's take the sand from this bottomless pit. This hell to
1: Thank you for indulging me. A more mellow song, I guess, for our show today. We've been yeah,
2: but no, it's good. It's always good to get a little Gomez on the uh, in the mix. Nothing yeah. wrong with that.
5: I mean, I I had something from bringing on and Liquid Skin, just like just barely didn't make it. You know, I'm I'm all in on Gomez. So,
1: oh, it's uh, nice to hear. I'm with you.
2: And apparently Eddie is, too, your dog behind you. Yes, I know. Dragging He's his very, tail throughout that tail wagging.
1: He's very excited about what's going on. He may need to go to the bathroom. So on that note, why don't we have Derek take on the next pick?
5: So when your younger brother says, hey, uh, this guy, Darren, that I used to live with put out a record and it's okay, um, you usually say no. Great, it's okay. <laughs> but I'll be damned. But I'll be damned if I didn't check this out, and it was really good. It's uh, the band is called Kid Dakota, and he actually uh, recorded this, put it out, self released in two thousand. But it caught the attention of Alan Sparhawk from the band Low, uh, who eventually put out a more expanded version of this record on uh, his label in uh, in two thousand two. And um, you know he's just gone on to kind of put out a bunch of a bunch of records uh, after this, some of which are you know really great. Um, and uh, I, I really think this this record that he put out called "So Pretty" is really good. Yeah, I mean this is a guy that my uh, brother used to be roommates with, and I think they made some music, and I think my my younger brother even had writing credits on it or something, but. Uh, it's really great. From North Dakota, but also, uh, you know, sort of is uh, a known entity on the scene in Minneapolis as well. It's a really great kind of intense song called Crossing Fingers. Uh, the band is Kid Dakota. Let's check it out. Dakota.
1: big on this song, don't they? <laughs>
5: a deep cut. You know, I mean, if you live in Minnesota, you've probably, you know, are a certain fan of certain music, you've heard of him. He's, you know, but he's very. it's a very deep cut, but it just makes you realize there's a lot of stuff out there that's, that's great that you've never heard, and this is It's a pretty massive things?
2: sound at the it's end a, there. I mean, yeah. it's, like, mm-hmm. it's a Fun. lot. It's, like, really impressive.
5: Yeah. It's, uh, it
2: feels like personal and confessional. And then it's like also just really just
5: soaring, you know? Yeah. This whole record's pretty, it's a pretty intense record.
1: Rich, you get to close out the show. So uh, the year is 2002.
4: So I'm going to finish with uh, Nico Case, Nico Case. Nice. Uh, Her third album called Blacklisted, which uh, apparently is named Blacklisted because she took her top off at the Grand Ole Opry and wasn't invited back. (laughs) Oh really? And wow, <laughs> that's the I thought for sure. Historic. You would be
3: invited back. <laughs> it was
4: <laughs> no, no, no. There's there's standards <laughs> at the candle lobby. Come on,
3: I'd never but, heard that uh, before.
4: Yeah, so fun, interesting fun album. Fact, Rich air, but yeah, she's had an interesting life. She left home at 15. Born in Virginia, she played drum. She was drums in a in a few punk bands. She's moved all over the place she's been in canada you know i think she lives near seattle now maybe Portland, vancouver. she's been all over uh, yeah vancouver where she probably ran into the new pornographers yep. mm-hmm. imagine picked a song all of her songs are great her voice is described as a flamethrower one of the one of the descriptions of it it's just beautiful and oh, haunting and um yeah it's rich the song i picked is pretty girls seems to be an ode uh it's about a waiting room in an abortion clinic, but uh, it's it's it is a lovely song. We keep it light, Rich. <laughs> it has a message which I I appreciate songs with a message. God so damn. anyway. Uh, this is Nico Case doing pretty girls.
5: most favorite recent, you know, last couple years, years um, concert experiences was seeing her, both for, for a couple of reasons. One, it was the first time I'd gone to a show in a while where I was like the sort of male to female ratio was so much, you know, more equitable than my normal show where it's just <laughs> mostly dudes. I, it was just so many more women at the show. There was like, oh, this feels so different and I like it. And she's just extremely strict. No phones, no filming, just put your goddamn phone away and watch the show rule. Like, and everyone just followed along. And it was a very different experience being at a show where nobody has their phones out. I mean, it really was sort of startling how different that was. And uh, she's very something that she does on, on her tours. And it was great. That was a really good show seeing her.
1: I think it's very difficult for artists to control shows, especially with technology. And the number of shows now that I've gone to where I'm literally watching the, throat, the show through somebody's cell phone in front of me who's got their hand up the entire time. Uh, and I don't know how often anyone ever looks at those things. Like, I've done it before, I, and I've never looked at it and thought, like, oh, I want to experience this What is the point of
5: doing again. that? I don't understand. I understand taking a couple of pictures out for later, like maybe a video of one song you love. But what the fuck are you doing?
3: Who's... Get off my lawn. I don't
1: know.
5: I <laughs> guess. guess. What Kids? smells
3: I guess. Like mustard?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about further listening. So I, I believe everybody here has some additional uh, albums that you would like to recommend. Let's, see, what, let's start with Derek. So, Derek, why don't you tell me uh, what would be your pick for a further listening record, a record from 2002 you would recommend to people?
5: Oh, man. At the, list, at the last minute... Tonight, I realized that this record came out kind of too late to grab a song from it, you know, for me at least. Uh, It is from the band Not A Surf, and it is the album Let Go. I love this record so much. Um, You know, they got really kind of screwed over by the song Popular, uh, you know, which was like off one of their earlier records uh, that everybody kind of pegged them as the band that had that song Popular which had really not much to do with what else they did. But something about this this record just seems so, uh, just the lyric, lyrical content of it just felt just felt like an adult speaking to me about my life at the time. I, just something about it was so relatable to me. And it just has so many incredibly beautiful songs. I love this record so much. It's uh, Let Go from Not A Surf. Couldn't recommend nice. it enough.
1: Excellent. Billy what would you recommend? 2002 is the year.
3: I'm going to recommend Cinerama, their album Torino. Cinerama is David Gedge of Wedding Present together with uh, Sally Murrell. And in David Gish fashion. It's more songs about sex, infidelity, and betrayal. Uh, but if you can't get enough of those, uh, you'll Poor like... Poor David Getch.
1: He's <laughs> always available for a song about being a cuckold.
3: <laughs> yes. It's, it's his specialty. It's his MO. Uh, this is like Wedding Present. A little popier and a little more cinematic, obviously, with the name Cinerala. Uh, so it sounds a little more like a soundtrack record, a little more 60s uh, style to it. Uh, the song Starry-Eyed is another killer from this record that I really enjoy. So I recommend Cinerama. Terrific. Always,
1: always happy to hear David Gedge in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Chris, you're up next. What would you suggest? 2002 is the year.
3: I'm going to go with um,
2: an album. I think it's his first album, Jason Lowenstein from Sebado. Mm-hmm. From, uh, um, he had an album called Sixes and Sevens. I almost put ah. a song called uh, Codes from it uh, tonight. But, um, you know, there's only so many songs one can play on the show. So it took a back seat, but um, I figured further listening was uh
3: the right yeah, vessel nice for it.
2: Up yeah. Way to get him in there. Uh Sixes and Sevens, Jason Lowenstein. Um he's responsible for writing some of my favorite uh Sebedo songs, and uh, it's a really good record. It's really, really great. Um and I highly recommend it.
1: Thanks for exposing why we have further listening. Um Rich, you're up next.
4: <laughs> Tom Waits came out with two albums in two thousand two. Yes, he did. I'm high. Alice and Alice Blood Money. And it's a feast of Tom Waits. Speaking of flamethrowing, growling lyricists and vocalists, it was a good year for Tom Waits fans. One of my favorites on the Alice record is Flower's Grave. Who's going to put flowers on a flower's grave? Kind of like the, the lyrics or the concept of that. But anyway, Tom Waits. Excellent. Nice pick.
1: I'm going to go with um, my suggestion would be for a hip hop record which I did not play because we played Gomez instead, but Black Alicious put a record out uh, called Blazing Arrow this year. It's a hip hop duo. They're out of Sacramento. Uh, It's Gift of Gab, who recently passed away. May he rest in peace. He died of kidney failure uh, last year. But it's one of the best rappers in the business, and it just is an incredible talent. Uh, I was going to play the song Paragraph President, which is sort of an iconic for how fast it is and how much information he's throwing at you. Uh, producer Chief XL is really talented. I think it's just a great record and a wonderful thing to go back to. And when I was digging around for this album, I was surprised at how much I really enjoyed it and how dynamic the performances were. So Blazing Arrow by Black Blackalicious would be my pick for nice. uh, further listening.
3: I'm not a hip-hop guy, and I like Black Blackalicious. Yeah, yeah I
5: listened to that, they're your choice today, and enjoyed listening to that. That was great.
3: The song uh, Deception, I think it's from the album before this, mm-hmm. where they, you know, the chorus is like, don't let money change you. Da, de, da, de, 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 de. You know that song?
1: Yep, absolutely.
3: Uh, that's a great one. I, love that. I think that
1: was the main title for... Uh... Was it used in a show? Yeah, it was used in a TV show on HBO series. I'm blanking. Oh, ah. But uh, it's great. It's great. And I think they're just a really talented duo and uh, worthy, worthy of this kind of a thing to dig back and listen to a record. Where can you find us on social media? Billy Federico, you are the master of this domain.
3: Yeah, you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, the gram. Just search for Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Write to us. We're right back. Leave a review on uh, Apple. I don't think you can leave one on Spotify. But uh, yeah, leave us a review. Reach out to us.
1: Yeah, I don't think we have any reviews from season two. So we would love to encourage you to, if you like the show, yes. and if you don't like the show, you know, just don't bother. You're good. Why are you listening? <laughs> anyway, it's this late in the show. You should be home.
3: Yeah. What are you doing here? Go on.
1: Let's, uh, let's do the vote, which is a super fun part of our show. So I'm going to rattle off the songs that we uh, listen to tonight. None of us are allowed to vote for our own song, but we can vote for what is our favorite discovery. We're going to pop it all into the chat. So we opened the show up with Mr. Billy Federico, opening up with Interpol Specialist, a B-side from Interpol, I believe is the album. Chris came in with "Division" vision of Laura Lee, Need to Get Some from Black City, Fine Funky Music from Sweden. I played RJ d 2 Ghost Rider is a song from Dead Ringer. Derek played the Libertines out of the UK, Time for Heroes is the song from Up the Bracket. Rich came in with Bright Eyes, uh, Spent on Rainy Days, a duo with um, Brett from Spoon, correct?
4: Brett Daniels. Danos, Yeah, from yeah. James, thank you.
1: you. Know. Billy came in with a side project for Paul Westerberg, Grandpa Boy, Let's Not Belong Together from an album called Mono. Chris came in with And You Will Know Us by the Trail of the Dead, one of the most difficult Googling bands of all time. Another Morning Stoner is the song from Source Tags and Codes. I came in with the UK band Gomez and the song In Our Gun from the album's same name. Derek came in with Kid Dakota. His uh, his brother Jay introduced them to, which is pretty cool. Crossing Fingers is the name of the song from So Pretty. And Rich closed out the show with Nico Case and Pretty Girls from her album Blacklisted. Is everybody prepared to pop into the chat their vote? On a one, a two, and a three. Hit it. Oh,
4: that Fido, Fido
1: Surprise. takes it. So Billy Federico takes the win That's with the Interpol. Very nice B side. Billy Federico closes. closes it out. That's a super exciting.
3: Whew. I almost picked Wilco.
1: So, on behalf of Derek Brain, Bill Federico, Chris Nashawati, Richard Ayer, myself, Thomas Golovich. Thank you for listening to us on Deep Cuts Lost and Found. This is volume number thirty-six. Hard to believe we've done this many shows. The year we've been looking at is two thousand and two. If you're interested in our bonus show, we're going to do one more round. That is available on Patreon. We'd love to share it with you. Uh, come on back. We're going to be doing two thousand and three, and then another theme song rolling out till two thousand five. I think will be the end of season two. Come on back. It's Deep Cuts.